0: Hello lovers, go to Entamopleasurables.com for your slippery needs and get 20% off with the WILD20 promo code. You'll thank me later. Running Wild with Christine, sex, success, and other slippery rabbit holes. Welcome to episode 106 with Victoria Henrietta.
1: Hi! Hello, Christine. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for making it work. (laughs) I'm very, very excited to be here. We got here eventually after a few uh, mishaps with children and timing and time zones, but we made it.
0: Yeah, and actually, like, after a few years of trying to, like, talk to each
1: other. Yes, but you know what, timing is everything, this is obviously the right time for this to happen for us, so I'm
0: happy. 100%, so you're the host of the V Word show on Applewood on YouTube, and uh, you do a lot of other things, but before we get into that, um, let's meet you,
1: Um, you're London based. Yep, oh no actually, no I'm not, yep, I'm UK based, but I live in a place called Northampton, Nice. Uh, which is about an hour from North London north.
0: Nice. So tell us about you. You're a mom.
1: You're a crazy busy person. You have like millions of things on the go. So table. busy. I'm down. literally continually running around like a headless chicken, um, which is why COVID has been like a blessing and a curse for me because I've been able to take a few moments to stop um, but then also feel like I'm more busy than I ever have been. It's been crazy. But, um, I mean, who am I? It's a bit of a... Uh A very big question. I am Victoria Henrietta. I am a mother um, of three lovely children, um, one of which is um, a child placed under my care by the local authority um, because we were foster carers. I've now taken on the child with my partner as special guardian, so he'll be with us until he's 18, which is another 13 years away, which is mental. Um, And I've got two natural children two little girls um as well so they're 7 5 and 3 so they're all crazy and absolutely driving me mad at the minute literally climbing the walls and the furniture and smashing things and breaking things and running me ragged and believe it or not they want feeding yeah. three times a day yeah. i'm like do you are you sure you need dinner are you sure just another thing for mommy to do do i really have to feed you um so yeah i'm a mother i am partner to my lovely wonderful uh fiancé actually I was going to say boyfriend but I proposed to him this year in February um I'm not necessarily one for tradition um as such you know I do like some elements of tradition but I'm not one to stick by them religiously but I did say last leap year that if he hadn't proposed by this leap year then I proposed and then halfway through January someone said are you going to propose to Delroy and I was just like actually I think I will um, send so the races on to propose And in true Victoria style, I proposed twice on the day um, because my plans kind of didn't go to plan. Um, And then everything went to plan perfectly and he was very shocked and loved it. So that was fabulous. Yes, my fiancee is, yes, my rock. Um, So I'm a mother, I'm a partner. I have been teaching secondary English. So 11 to 18 year olds um, in secondary schools for, I think I've been qualified for about 11 years. Um, and I recently left teaching... What what month is it again? Is it August? So it's August now. Yeah, (laughs) I left teaching officially in a permanent role in January. Um, I have been doing a bit of supply, but I just sort of decided, you know, I've spent 11 years doing a job that I don't like that much. I love the children. I often love the other staff that I work with. I actually quite enjoy the teaching. I hate the marking. I hate the politics, and I hate it being so exam- driven yeah. uh, and it's sort of sapping the fun out of it for me and the kids. Like I'm a very creative teacher. Like I want you in the um playground writing out Macbeth quotes on the floor and taking pictures of them and modelling things of plasticine scene and you know really getting into the words and, and feeling it but and you don't really have that time in no. secondary school. Um, and I just thought, you know what? Let me do something that makes my heart sing. Um so I started my show October, September-ish last year of 2019. And that has been coming along nicely. And I've decided, you know, I'm going to focus on the show and I'm going to get back into acting because acting is something that I always enjoyed doing. And I wanted to do professionally, but sort of chose the safe route as I left university and, you know, wanted to be guaranteed a job. Um, And also I'd sort of got myself into quite a lot of debt early on getting credit cards and things. as soon as i was allowed credit i was like "Woo! i'm gonna go on holiday i'm gonna buy loads of clothes even though this money's not mine um and then when i left uni i struggled all the way through uni trying to pay things off um and so i was in a position where really i just needed the money yeah um so yeah took the leap this year it was very very scary silly scary because there were times where i'm like oh shit how am i gonna pay for these things these bills um but actually i'm a lot happier yeah than i was i've had a a few really good acting jobs, um, getting my teeth sunk into lots, lots of things. So, yeah, it's been lovely. So, I mean, um, yeah, I'm a mishmash of things, as every woman is, I think. We've got a million hats. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so that's me. That totally rings true to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So tell
0: us a little bit about the V word. First of all, what is the V word? And um, mm.
1: where did the show come from? So I... Um, probably one of the most chatty people on the world ever. Um, and I've always, you know, I love to listen to podcasts. I love to watch TV. I love to meet people. Like when I go clubbing with my friends, they're just like, oh, Victoria, can you just come along? And they'll literally come and drag me away from people. they're like, we've been trying to leave for half an hour now. We've been looking for you. Where have you been? But like, sorry, I've just made some friends over here. Um, and there's lots of things, I think, that as I have become older there are many things that I've wanted to talk about on a larger platform because I've often had people say to me, you've been so helpful. Like I really enjoyed that conversation with you and it really helped me see that this wasn't a bad thing or it's helped me move on yeah. from this or you've really inspired me. And I thought, do you know what? I would love to be able to do this on a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. Um, as a mixed race woman as well. Um, I feel like there should be more. Yeah. Of a voice for women who look like me for black women Um And I wanted to create a show that didn't really necessarily fit any stereotypes that were sort of force fed about how a black woman should behave or, you know, what sort of content they should put out. I just wanted to put out something really authentic that hopefully would reach my viewers and hit them differently. And for them to think, you know what, that is like me. This is down to earth. This is real. This is authentic. Um, And I wanted to talk about things that. I feel really affect women. Um, yeah. So so far on my shows, I've done things about shows about breastfeeding, um, about motherhood and mental health. I've got a show coming out about um, love and relationships. I've got one coming out about feminine fitness. I've done um, about black culture, about music, um, All the about things. sex positivity. Yeah, lots of things that are, Yes, which are all things which to me are massive, like I'm always listening to music, I'm really into um, conversation about culture, and, and yeah, I just wanted to do something that I thought would resonate with women and that would hopefully inspire women to be empowered and to make better choices and to be educated and also to feel like, do you know what, I can stand up and talk about that thing if I want to, or perhaps, you know, I know that I'll be able to go to the B Word show to find content like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, obviously I'm like, a, I'm like clapping silently on this side because I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I was hoping to do here. Um, because I think as women, and I think even more for BIPOC women, it's like, you're taught to, to be small. And when you are big, yes. it's like the worst thing you can be. And big in yeah. like taking up space, whichever way you choose to interpret that word. Like it's like a mm. bad thing. And so yeah. I I always feel so relieved when I listen to other people who are saying the things that I'm thinking. So like mm. I think these platforms, whatever where, whether you're on YouTube or or whichever way you choose to like make your voice heard, it's like You know, I don't know if you get this, but, like, I get this, like, why am I doing this? Every now and then I'm like, ugh, whatever. Like, this is another thing. It's like a thankless kind of job sometimes. Totally, yeah. And And you know when you pour your heart and soul
1: into something and then you're like, oh, I've had 10 views. Oh. But
0: but then one of those 10 is like, holy shit, I like, this conversation totally opened my eyes or changed my decision about something. And you're like, okay, that's why. And it takes takes a little bit of a push and and a bit of a, like, you know cuddle every now and then from someone else to be like yeah you're doing this for the right reasons and it's reaching the people that you want to reach even though you don't always see it um yes that's incredible what's what was what has been your biggest takeaway from it like what's the thing that you didn't expect to learn that was like holy shit this show taught me this
1: i think probably it would be just that it was needed so, there have been people who've connected with me and got in touch with me who I've never met before from different places in the world who've been like, Thank you so much for that because I really needed to hear that. Like, I've, you know, I had such a tough time breastfeeding and I was about to give up and I saw your show and thought, You know what? I am going to try a little bit longer. My family haven't supported me, but that's what I want. So, I'm going to try. Um, or people that I went to school with me. Uh, sorry, who I went to school with, have reached out and said, oh, do you know what? I really love that podcast. I've been following you for ages. And I'm thinking, well, I didn't even know you watched any of the show. And they've been like, no, it's really helped me. So I think the thing that has been best for me to take away that shocked me the most is that even though, like you said, there are times where I feel a bit down. I'm like, oh, maybe maybe it's not what I wanted it to be or maybe I'm not doing as well as I should be. Then, you know, someone will pop up and say, I needed to hear that. And just to know that... Perhaps I've been able to inspire someone or to help someone through a difficult time. I think it makes it all worth it. And it reminds me that the show is a good thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's it's kind of weird because we're having as a society a lot of conversations about community and like shifting our <laughs> capitalist led individualistic understanding of ourselves and just be and and being like, no, actually it does take a freaking village for All of the things. And I think in a weird way, it does create that community. It does create, you know, even though they're not necessarily with you every day or or there in an active manner, like, you do create those bonds somehow, like, unbeknownst to us sometimes. And I think that's super underrated and and not necessarily, like, just put forward as much. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you see, because you see a lot of people that follow super like popular and famous people and they're like, oh, this really changed, but it's like, but ultimately you still think of them as someone different than you. Ultimately you still yes. don't think of them as like the guy or girl or whoever Down the is road. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's still an us and them scenario because even though you may relate to certain elements or they may inspire you, they're still so different to you and still in a different world
0: yeah so i think it's really important for people like us to keep going Mm. and like not get discouraged by like the thing that gets 10 views um yeah yeah what um what are conversations that um that you still want to have like what are things that
1: you're just like fuck i wish i could
0: talk about this
1: i think um with the kind of focus at the minute on um the possible revolution that's happening in the world and the focus on um, creating equality for all members of the community. Um, That's something I would like to focus on more and really how as um, a mixed race woman, how my voice fits in there when I've often been othered by both the black community and the white community and also with the big focus on how I'm going to teach my children to be better humans. At the moment, we don't. So I watched a show the other day on um, Channel 4 called The Talk. Yeah. And it was all about um, famous people talking about their experiences growing up and how they began to learn about racism and how they you know they were all people of color um how they overcame it what their experiences were and also talking about their own children and what they were going to do to prepare their own children uh my kids are obviously very young um the boy in our care he does have actually um some um afro-caribbean somewhere in his heritage but he looks very eastern european and, and white so um you know he's in our blended family so we have an obligation to everyone in our family to create a real sense of equality um but they're also young i yeah. haven't really had to talk about you know there are probably going to be people who don't like you because of the color of your skin or that you may have to work harder than everyone else to prove that you're just as good as them or even better or whatever it is. Um, But we're kind of focusing on accepting other cultures and celebrating them. So, you know, if it's Diwali, we'll watch a video about that and we'll maybe go out and try some foods or we'll speak to some friends um, who celebrate that. We've got um, family members who are Muslims and we like to talk about Islam and what that means and what their beliefs are. So we talk about a lot of different religions uh, we try very hard not to talk about, like, not to sort of name people by colour. Instead of saying, for example, if I'm talking to her, I'll be like, you know, my friend Stacey, and he would be like, Stacey you, And I'll be like, well, you know, white Stacey or black Stacey. <laughs> we try not to do that. Cause we don't want the kids to pick those kind of habits up. Um, and we just try and be celebratory about everyone and teach them that being kind is the only way to yeah. progress. So that hopefully as they grow up, they will be better humans. And I think, I mean, I don't know, as they gain more experience in the world, I guess we'll just have to play it by ear. And I'm sure there'll be times where they may wonder why they're being treated like that. And we will have to have the talk. But that is something that I would like to explore more. Um, And I think just generally being badass women is something that needs to be spoken about a lot more because we're often... Pushed down. We're often expected to be a certain way. We're expected to wear all these different hats, but be okay with it. We're expected not to be too aggressive, not to be too sexy. You know that we're not sexy enough. Whatever it is, yeah. Um, I think that's a, these are discussions that can't stop. They're discussions that must continue. I know it's you know, a, forever. It's a really interesting time because I think like
0: before the, I'm going to use your words, the potential revolution we are in. Um mm parenting was already like a big topic and going through a big shift like as in a lot of people our generation I'm lumping us in because I assume we're close in age Um, Mm -hmm. but um, we're like we don't want to parent like our parents like that's like a thing that you know we see parents in their 50s 60s 70s struggling with their mental health because of just the way that they've been conditioned to live. And so we're like, no, that we have to a Like, you don't talk about it, get your head down, carry on. Yeah, that's, mm. regardless of your culture, that's a thing of that era, you know, regardless of what your yeah. background is. Um, but, But we are, like, struggling with our tools. And we're like, okay, let's try and give these tools, pass them down so that it's easier. Yeah. But I think combine that with what is currently society going on, it's like, huge conversations in terms of like mm. parenting it's a it's a giant i can only
1: imagine daunting freaking task
0: right now
1: oh gosh yeah crazy <laughs> so so crazy and um you know we've had to have a real strict ban on certain technology in the house um because my daughter my eldest who's seven she watches youtube videos and that and um We thought we were being good at monitoring what she was watching until we realised she was listening to weird little anime videos that said, like, fucking this and fuck shit, bastard. And we were like, no! And then, like, these little sad anime people are like, oh, I'm so sad, I should die, I might die, and things like that. And we were like, oh, my God. And she comes out with crazy things, like, you know, if we say go to your room, she's like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this family anymore. I may as well just... Leave you don't even want me, and I'm like, this is all learned from you, Jade. You don't need to talk like this. So, um yeah, yeah, we are. It's just, it's just the minefield, and I just think, you know, every parent out there is winging it. Yeah, we're just all bumbling along, hoping that we don't fuck our children up too much, and we give them the best start that we possibly can. Yeah, no,
0: it's true, and I think it's it's hilarious because for me, who is childless um mm. for now anyway um <laughs> my like what time of the month You're like, You're <laughs> <laughs> um it's been really interesting watching sort of like my extended sort of like virtual network shift into parenting cuz I'm at that age where everyone's having kids and um yeah. obviously not everyone's so a generalization but a lot of people are having kids and yeah um one of the writers that I had on the podcast super early on, Steph O'Tieri. Hi, Steph. Um, She Hi, girl. <laughs> She was a sex writer for a long time for a magazine, like testing out toys and stuff. And, and now she's teaching sex positive parenting. And like, it's all this oh, shit that man. I just never thought about before. And it's like part of more or like, you know, not commenting about your body in front of kids. Like that seems intuitive, but there's so yeah. much more that is happening that we sort of like all collectively have to start fucking doing even though you don't have kids like even if you don't have kids anytime you're around kids like that that stuff
1: that my friend said to me today we went for um we went for lunch with the kids and i turned up she went oh you look skinny and i was like don't you mean i look really strong and she was like yes you look strong and um i said to her when the kids were busy chopping their pizzas i just said oh mate remember I try not to say things like fat and skinny around my kids. So I don't want them to be self conscious about their bodies or to really, yeah. you know, work, you know, hear the word diet and that be a staple part of their vocabulary. Um, and you know, working in schools for many many years, the go to cuss of a woman is like, oh, you slag, oh, you slut, um, and just sort of degrading women. Because of their sexuality or because they are, you know, flirty or whatever it is, or even if they're not, a lot of these kids are using these types of words and they don't even know what it means. Yeah. Children are having sex very early, you know, they're talking that sometimes I overhear the most awful conversations about blowjobs or, you know, so and so got fingered by so and so and whatnot. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, you are like 14, I can't cope. Um, and, you know, as a parent, I hope that I will be very open with my children and that, you know, if they're unsure about something or if they're starting to think about having sex or whatever it is, if they're thinking about smoking cigarettes, like I would like to think that they at least know, even though they might not, that they know that if they needed to, they could come and speak to me and their dad. Okay. Um, because I just, I just hate the thought that, you know, I could put them in a position where they don't feel comfortable to talk to me or they're not, they're misinformed. Yeah. Um, you know, like my, even my three-year-old, she's like, oh is coming from your mini and i'm like yes baby because it's my period remember ladies have periods most ladies have periods every month and when you get older you'll probably have them too and i try and tell her, you, you know they're really good for your body because they help your bot your mini she calls it a mini yeah. your mini to stay nice and clean and to keep it healthy and to keep all the the good and the bad bacteria exactly how they should be at the right levels. So she's like okay and she knows what a tampon is uh she knows what a sandwich towel is and my older daughter knows that and we've had to speak about you know personal hygiene because she doesn't like to shower all the time she's like oh I'll do it tomorrow and I'm like yeah but babe you're getting bigger now you are starting to get sweaty and you know you need to make sure you keep your vagina clean and things like that yeah. and you know we talk to our little boy about you know making sure he doesn't peel back his foreskin to wash his willy and things like that and we try and just make sure it's just normal conversation because I don't want them to be shocked by it but yeah. as well as then not going too far the other way and talking about things that are inappropriate
0: yeah, it's a, it's such a fine line, I think. But ultimately, it does, like, give you hope. You know what I mean? Like, that they mm. won't feel like most of us felt, you know, like, entering into puberty and teenagehood of being like, the fuck is this? Like, and what am I supposed to do yeah. with this? And how does this exactly. even work? And, like, because I, I remember, I think I talked about this before, like, I had the conversation with my mother teaching her what plan B is. <laughs> like, oh, you know I what I mean? yeah. So I'm like, um... <laughs> I'm sure technology changes and all that shit, but you should still be a little bit informed. Like, it still matters, especially oh if you're a woman, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Um, but um, how, how has it been for you um, witnessing sort of, like, do you feel a change since you've started the show? Because, like, I feel like maybe we're similar in that way. Like, I was always outspoken, so when this came out, like, when I started podcasting and writing and being super open publicly... People kind of expected that from me. People in my life, they were like, "Oh yeah, that sounds like you." Yeah. Uh, but attitudes still shift and shifted, at least in my perspe- perspective. How was that for you? Going from sort of like, yeah, the chatty one to like now you're like the open floor for some shit. Because I feel like if I show up in certain groups, they're like,
1: "Oh, good, you're here. I can talk about this random personal shit." Yes. Do you know what? I've I'll, I've always been that friend where, I, and I'm a massive empath as well, so. You know, if my friends are sad, they will call me. If they're happy, they'll call me. If they need help, they'll call me. You know, I've had battered friends turn up at the door in the middle of the night, like, can you take me in for the lie? I've had, you know, people turn up after really awful experiences for a shoulder to cry on. You know, I've had people who just want to talk to me about the wonderful threesome that they had. Whatever it is, yeah. you know, I'm always seems to be seems to be a port of call for people because they know I'm not, I'm not judgmental. Um, I don't really care what you're up to but I will also tell you the truth if I don't agree with what you're doing. Um, Most people have just been like, you know, the show is perfect. It really suits you. I couldn't think of anyone better to do the show. Um, But it's strange. I think that as I'm still finding my own voice and my own authenticity, because even on the show, I'm probably not as open as I am in real life because I am aware that anyone can get hold of the, the videos.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to I don't necessarily want to offend people. I also have recent fairly recently left teaching. Um and I knew that if the kids found the videos, it would be like, Oh my God, look at Miss. She was talking about squirting and she was talking about fannies and she was talking about, yeah. you know, bisexuality. Miss, are you gay? Like I just was expecting that. I think since January, I haven't. I filmed a few shows this year um, so far. Not all of them have come up. The studio hasn't been open to get back in again. I think that probably my voice will become even more open and more authentic now that I have left teaching because I just I feel so much freer. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I can actually be myself and speak speak my mind um, more. But yeah, everyone around me was just like, you know, this is a bit of you. It suits you. We're really proud of you um i think the only real negatives i've ever had are from people that i don't know who've watched and have disagreed with um some of my views um so we have a grime artist in the uk called wiley and i was speaking he called drake and ed sheeran culture vultures because they were using the grime sound blah, blah blah we had a conversation about that and i had said well you know i think a lot of people view wiley as an angry black man Oh God! Got a lot of hate off that um, <laughs> about how I can't comment on anything to the black community because I'm not black. Um, my voice is not valid. What I'm talking about is absolute rubbish. And I think people are very quick to judge what you're saying without actually perhaps watching the whole show or actually being diplomatic um, about what you're saying and being uh, objective with it. What I was trying to say is that the masses that's how Davey's rant, yeah yeah and they will view him like that that's not what i think he is that's just i know that a lot you know a a big generalization will just see that and be like oh he's very angry isn't he and and then you know the george floyd death happened everything blew up and it's becoming so apparent um that that's the way a lot of people think um so yeah i think the most negativity have just been from people that don't know me um and yeah, I don't give a shit really. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Do you feel like that's a thing though? Like it kind um this came this thought came up when you were saying um that you had to hide certain parts of you because you were teaching, um, but I like think that's like a broader thing with women. Like I mm-hmm. am also a bisexual woman, and I don't think I've ever come out to my parents. I don't think I'm hiding it, but I'm not been
1: like you guys. This is a serious I have come conversation. Out to my, Well, I did tell my mum when I sat with. Uh, a girl when I was younger, and I did say, you know, I've slept with a girl, I think she probably thought that I was joking or, um, you know, I don't know what she thought, maybe I was just experimenting. But probably actually as an adult, I've become more aware of my bisexuality that, oh, it wasn't just a phase, this is actually who I am and been very, actually started to become proud of it rather than being scared of what people might think yeah um, but sorry I totally cut you off there and I was just like too." no that's but that's
0: where I was trying to go it's like it's like yeah. we, we hold on to the parts of privilege we can hold on to right like the straight passing mm-hmm. privilege we're like whoop like I'm gonna keep that like yeah. while I yeah. can um, safe. that's just survival um depending mm-hmm. on w- where you find yourself and what your context is as for marginalization and stuff um but yeah. it's Funny that I, because I heard you say, Eli, I feel freer now that I'm a, not a teacher. But it's also like I had this thought when I was like coming out with my book and all the stuff that was gonna be like, well, no more office jobs for you. Like, oh god, bad. yeah. If anyone reads this, I'm done. <laughs> I, <sighs> it was almost like a really time. weird freeing commitment to be myself. Like it just like kind of gave me license. Isn't it
1: strange that you, you that you feel fear of showing the world who you really are, and it's just it's sad because. If you know, if you're feeling like that, and you are a level-headed, intelligent, kind woman in the world, think about all those people who, you know, who are scared to to be themselves, and probably haven't actually found out who they are, and don't have the guts to go out and find out who they are, or, or who are in dangerous situations and they can't be themselves out of fear because of the repercussions. It's just a crazy world that you. Can, can you even say of being judged?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, it affects mm, everybody to a certain degree. That's, you know, I'm not trying to say that it only affects women, but um, and it definitely affects all marginalized groups yeah. in the same way. Um, but I think it's, like you said, like I'm a very privileged individual. Like if I am mm. feeling that, that's that's to show you what we're being taught. And I think especially about women, there's like a very specific type of just like Mm. and it's coming out with the freaking WAP video and all that shit um yeah which is like (laughs) in no way news by the way like it's a great video but like this is not new this is a thing that has existed for a very long time um but but it's a it's a pointer of like how potentially dangerous that shit is and how much of a threat you actually finding out who you are and being yourself is
1: well, I think that's why we're just so conditioned to shrink ourselves, because that, that's how we've been taught to behave over, you know, hundreds, thousands of years. So that we're, you know, we're sheep, we're easy to oppress, we're easy to control, we are easy to manipulate into powerless people so that the powers that do be, uh, do be. The powers that do me, the powers that are, the powers that be, the powers that do me. They can do whatever they want. Um, and that's just how it is. And obviously, it's been that um, the black community were, you know, horrendously oppressed. Women have been oppressed. It's been going on for so long. And up until this point, you know, I think it's been so easy to do so and finally we're starting to see a shift obviously it's still just a small you know it's a drop in the ocean of what needs to be done yeah but at least now there are people having there are more people having conversations and even though i sort of i have my uh worries about the black lives matter movement and who controls it and how it's being used and you know what manipulation is going on and what forces are behind it it's just it's still we're still at a point where there has never been so much coverage on these sort of issues there's been so much more awareness i've had so many uncomfortable awkward difficult conversations with people who i probably would never have had those conversations with before so it you know we're heading in the right direction i hope
0: yeah at least (laughs) yeah and i think that like exactly, I'm feeling exactly what you're saying, but it's, it's just like, and I feel like, you're right, it does feel like a potential shift because there's a culmination of, like, gender conversations, race conversations, sexuality conversations, social justice conversations that are all happening at the same time and that are all yes. at critical bubbling points. Like, I'm thinking yes. of, like, the crazy rise in trans exclusionary and sex work exclusionary radical feminism yes. all over... England is having it really bad, but like all over yeah. the world, of of um, people just being like, "The fuck, guys!" Like, sorry, that's no. gendered vocabulary. The fuck, people! Like, <laughs> it 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 just yeah. It's so funny to. It's not funny at all, but it's interesting. Um, it's strange. I know what you mean by funny. <laughs> not
1: funny. Funny. Ha ha. Funny. But funny is in what the fuck? Funny. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? Funny.
0: Gosh. Yeah. Of just like, how can you still. How can you still walk in this world and have all the tools um, that are in this world and talking about people who do have all the tools uh, and Mm. be so out of touch with other human beings' experience? Yes.
1: Like I I say to my kids all the time, do you know what? All of the badness in the world could be ended with kindness. If you're kind, you might teach another person to be kind and that person might teach another person to be kind. And if you actually sit down and think about it, you know, you know, what do we need to do in the world? Obviously, it's not this simple, I understand. But if every single person in the world was kind to each other and went out of their way to do something nice for other people, then the, the world would be okay. Yeah. But it's the fact that people are so scared of one another, everyone's so scared that that they will miss out. FOMO is just such a massive thing. Everyone has this massive fear of missing out on certain things or, um, that they won't get their slice of the pie. Um, it's, but, also not, pie. Yes. it's not fucking pie. Like, when are we going to yeah.
0: understand that it is not pie? Like there are yeah. things like, uh, it drives me, yeah. drives me insane. Like, especially when you listen to like, this is just an example that's easy to use, but it applies to like all other types of, horrendous rhetoric that's happening. It's, like, the JK Rowling mm-hmm. bullshit. Um, yeah. I'm just, like, what's it to you? Yeah. Like, what's it to you as a human being? How trans people want to be addressed, how they want to live their lives, like, what, what it's doing to their children. Is it happening to your children? Like, that that yeah. that's a direct application of how it might apply
1: to you. But also, shut the fuck up. It has nothing yeah. to do with you. Exactly. And also, like... So so what if someone wants to choose the way that they are addressed or if someone wants to someone feels that they you know they are gender fluid what it doesn't fucking matter it's not hurting you it I would understand if you know someone came and said I'm gender fluid and therefore I'm going to murder all the women in the world okay I can understand that that might be an issue and you might be a little bit scared but that's not how it is you no know, people just want to be allow who they are to be themselves yeah and it, it's not a big deal like i couldn't give a shit who you are i don't give a shit what you look like i don't give a shit what you do really as long as you're not hurting people and as long as you treat me with respect and i don't see you treating other people with disrespect then we will get along just fine yeah and actually all my friends at school uh, <laughs> i have um, a, a little while back i found my like leavers book. And most of the pages said, oh, my God, I love all our conversations about sex. Because we used to talk about sex all of the time. I was a little bit obsessed. Um, Still also am. I had... Over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I had so many different groups of friends. So I was, like, friends with the emos and the goths. So I was friends with the chavs. I don't know if you've heard of the term chav in no, America. No, It's like, it means council house and violent. So council house and violent. So it's like... Um, you know, people who live in housing provided by the government, who are uh, of a low social status—that kind of thing. So, I was friends with the chavs. So I probably—I'll ca- class myself as as a chav, really. You know, I used to wear the trainers and have my hair slicked back with two dangly bits here, massive poop earrings. I aspired to have gold rings on each finger. I used to love fluorescent tracksuits. <laughs> um, I was drinking from a very young age, um, and but you know, I was friends with the the boss buff, the boffins all the really yeah. clever people like, I was friends with everybody and I looked back through my book and I thought Do you know what I was pretty fucking amazing even though I had my own issues I had a lot of issues with my kind of ethnic identity um growing up mixed race in a very white area for many years kind of uh made me very confused um and like my nickname for a lot of my best friends at the time they used to call me blackie didn't know that was, that was wrong until I got older and moved to house and moved to a different area with lots of different cultures and went to a school with lots of different cultures um, and skin colours and I was like, shit, like I don't think they should have caught me that and then I started to find my feet and find where I fit. Um and yeah, I um, I forgot what I was talking about.
0: What's my point? <laughs> um, you were reading through your uh yearbook your notes.
1: That's it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just, I was just very pleased that even though I had my own issues with my sexuality, with my uh, ethnic identity, with my body image, and, you know, as well as all the horrible things that are going on, like, you know, uh, friendship circles and boys and um, everything, i i still managed to get along with everybody so i was very it was hilarious um, and cringy but also um a very positive thing looking back over the book and thinking you know what you were a kind person
0: mm-hmm. and that's a,
1: you know that's a lovely thing
0: yeah it's it's i mean it's funny listening to you talk because i had a similar experience like i had friends i what i always say from high school is like it's just smoke cigarettes so i was friends with mm. anyone who smoked cigarettes like, and then, Anyone you
1: could sneak around the back of the like school shed with and smoke fags. Yeah,
0: we were all like, oh, in Switzerland it was fine. We all hung out at the front of the school and smoked totally like openly. But like it yeah. would just be like this weird mishmash of groups because that the one definer was that you were outside. Like that was the one thing. Yeah. So so it was very easy to like mingle and go in and out of groups. And I always defined myself, and I still kind of do as like the electron you know like I'm not never part of the yeah. nuclear group, but like always circling yeah. around and being always like, waiting around and then hi hi and then yeah um, but I think it's interesting that I'm having more and more conversations with people who are outspoken obviously because. Yes, I'm outspoken because I'm my podcast. the people who come on need to be people who are ready to have their story heard, and yeah. that's like a common thing between most of us. This weirdly created us. Um, that yeah. that you have to have, if not empathy as like an empath, but like a a kind of exposure to 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 a really sort of wide comfort zone. You know what I mean? Like yes. a, like your comfort zone is always a little uncomfortable (laughs) like as a default
1: and I would say like also to pain really I think if you've experienced a lot of pain and you've been able to work through it then uh you kind of fall into that category of being very creative perhaps a bit eccentric able to tell your story able to help others I think if you don't have the experiences then perhaps Well, obviously you wouldn't be able to talk about that specific experience, but I think those are the things that are character building and then enable you to connect with others. Um, And, you know, there are people out there who probably have been through, you know, similar things to me, who perhaps weren't able to talk to people or who weren't able to come out of the other side. Um, who got
0: stuck you know like you said you moved right a lot of people get stuck and they're in their (laughs) circumstances and that's the only reality that exists to them and 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 that's that's not you know from their own making that's just a matter of circumstance Mm. and I think that's it's always um, and that's the hope right with the with this media that's the hope that you access those people who are stuck in their in their circumstances and I think it's it's sort of relating back to our conversation about parenting and social change, like the one thing that might get easier is to step into other people's shoes and, yeah. and realize that actually you didn't know that you were s- suffering from something or through something and coming over something. Yeah. Like you might not even have awareness that this is happening
1: because... Yeah, like a couple of people have reached out to me and been like, like, shit, do you know what? I actually didn't... I didn't even really think that postnatal depression could apply to me. And when I watched your video um, and, you know, I heard you ladies speak about, you know, how you felt after having a baby, then I re- it made more sense to me why I, you know, cried myself to sleep for five months or why I didn't bond with my baby very well. And um, it's all it's all about information and about communication. If you don't have anyone to talk to or you don't have anywhere to access that information, then you aren't able to be informed. You aren't able to sort of think outside of your own little box. Um, so yeah, it's just so important that we are having these conversations. The more conversation we have, the better the world will be. Yeah, and and I truly think
0: that's like truth, you know, because you... Like, it, it, again, it's like our conversation's super broad. It could apply to anything that we're talking about. But the the fact is that... A lot of the sort of good I hate this term, but like the white enlightenment that people are sort of like perceiving and all that sort of super cringe shit is because yeah. people have never been exposed. They've yeah. never well, first of all, they've never cared enough to inquire. That's a whole well, yeah. thing. But but it's And it's
1: always been thrust upon them now.
0: Yeah, and then you think about people within either BIPOC or LGBTQ or, you know, whatever other communities you find yourself in, you've internalized all that shit. You not knowing that that was a yeah. bad nickname. Like we internalize yeah. the stuff and we, we we're like, this is what it is. Like, and we don't question yeah. it because we're taught not to. And yeah, so once let's you start, get on with it. Once you start opening all the little Pandora's boxes, like that's That's how I treat the podcast. I'm sure like 100 episodes ago, I said some horrendous shit. But hopefully, since then, (laughs) I've had enough conversations that I don't say those words or talk like that or think like that anymore.
1: And do you know what? That's the thing. I think people are scared to speak their mind often because they're worried that they'll say the wrong thing or it might be frowned upon. But actually, I think the best thing is that you can make a mistake, but you can learn from it. If you're learning from it and you're you're clearly trying not to make those mistakes again then that's amazing it's still good that you're having conversations even though you might be offending people you still might learn something new or you still might think do you know what I actually understand that that wasn't very kind or now I understand why that might offend someone or whatever it is yeah just make those changes just yeah. do your best to yeah. be better
0: yeah
1: I saw this uh,
0: just this morning before we started recording I saw this post from Rachel Ricketts um who was like uh, call out as an act of service right
1: what um, who's rachel rickett sorry because i don't
0: know she's cool you should follow her um okay let me write (laughs)
1: her
0: down it'll be in the description for the listeners um oh how do i describe rachel um she's a black activist social justice and anti-racism um consultant i think um and she wrote an article or posted about an article i saw it just before we recorded so you know, I'll put the details in the description when I have a look at them, but, um, it was basically the, the gist of it was like a call out as an act of service, as in people are telling you and, and trusting that you are. Capable of learning, like they're like, yeah. Yeah. This is racist. This is why, and like, you know, if you keep doing it, then 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 fuck you. But like, there are moments where you need to learn stuff and unlearn stuff, and Mm. the cancel culture being so strong and so like badly seen is like actually like there there are steps, you know, there are steps there. Like you get called out and called in and called out and called in, and if and then at some point you're cancel worthy. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. It's uh, a yeah. it's the way that we are changing how we interact with each other, and we need to like have patience and have obviously yeah. not with reservations but like patience yeah. with ourselves <laughs> like if you if you are clumsy and you don't know this is the right thing, well then f- shit you learn, you know what I mean like you, yeah, yeah, the inaction is worse,
1: <laughs> like, yes, and I think that's what has been. Such a massive problem that people are oh, God, that is a bit bad. Oh, and then they just get on with their life. You know, they just forget that it's happened or they think, oh, well, do you know, what? it's not happening to me. Or, well, you know, maybe I won't do that um, to someone. But you might see someone doing it in the road or hear about someone doing it and you don't say anything. That's just as bad, really, because you know it's wrong. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, there are times where I hear ignorant people say shit and I just think, do you know what, I'm going to keep it moving. I've got shit to do. I don't have time. To, but you're to speak also people.
0: a black woman who's like, I've been dealing with this shit my whole fucking yeah, life. Yeah, like, I'm over it. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Like, other people who have the privilege to be like, actually, I learned last week that blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. share that shit with your other privileged people. Like, Yeah, we
1: had some really, really lovely conversations um, on a skirt club uh, Zoom, like a, a big Zoom. We were talking about... Um, well, we were talking it was not long after the george floyd murder um and a lot of women in there were like do you know what it's just completely changed my whole perspective and these are sort of like white middle-class women who were saying this and you know now i realize at work that we've had quite a lot of um racist uh things that have been said or people treated differently and they actually said do you know what next time that happens in a meeting I'm going to say something and they felt so empowered to next time do better and it was just a beautiful conversation Um, and I just thought you know what because I was like in tears really talking about because I really had to have a a lot of time not listening to the news and not going on social media because it was just so painful I just felt so filled with sorrow and I just was looking at my children sobbing thinking is this really the world that I've, you know, brought you into, yeah. um, and I had real moments of absolute sorrow in within the discussion, but I also had moments of just such fucking amazing. Joyous hope where I was like, Yes, these are the sort of conversations we need to have and these are the sort of moments we need to treasure and the moments we need to remember so that we can go on and be better people. Um so it's lovely to hear people say, Do you know what? I've allowed things to happen before, but I'm not gonna do it again. Yeah. And I was just like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah, like welcome, thank you. Let's do this <laughs> yes And we're here together, and that's the main thing. We are all here together. Like, let's be together, let's be kind, let's be good to one another. Mm -hmm. Oh
0: my gosh, 100%. All right, so we're coming to Mm -hmm. the wrap up of the episode after much wisdom. (laughs) I'm
1: just like, I don't want to go. Let's go.
0: Don't worry, I have one last question for you, which is everyone's favorite because it catches everyone by surprise. Um, Oh, here we go. Yeah, so in your whole life, your whole life mm. where you are today um what's a thing like one resounding thing that you either wish you knew instinctively or you wish you would have been told more that would have changed your outlook like a thing that you're like ah this this changed or this this is the most important thing
1: that's that that is a good, this is a hard question yeah. uh, because i think actually there's probably been several several moments for me in my life that have kind of resonated as things that like i wish i'd have known that or i wish someone would have made me listen uh when someone said this or whatever but i think growing up i was like i said i was you know mixed race in a very white area. i was i'm six foot i've been like six foot since i was i don't know how old or at least i was probably about five nine in, like, yeah. year seven, which for you guys... Oh, sorry, yeah. not year seven, year five, which is, um, for you guys, it'd be, like, I guess about nine. Yeah. Like, I was giant. I had size seven feet. Um, all my friends would swap their shoes at, at break and lunch and shoes. I could never get involved. People would be like, why did your hair stick up at the front? Why is your nose so wide? Like, why, why this? Oh, you wear glasses. Oh, and I just always felt like I wasn't good mm-hmm. enough. Always felt I was too... Obviously, I was carrying even though I hadn't necessarily matured in terms of my feminine grown-up physique, but, you know, I was thicker set than everyone else. My thighs are big, my ass is big. You know, I had really big lips. People would ask me why my lips are so big, you know, why my hair is so curly, et cetera. I really had such low self-esteem and I really did not know my worth. I think the main thing that I wish I'd have known earlier is just that I am enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. I, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be treated well. I deserve to love myself. I deserve to do what the fuck I want without the fear of judgment. Um, and yeah, I think if I'd have known that a lot earlier, I probably probably would have had not necessarily a happier life, but probably a bit of an easier life. I would have not tortured myself so much. I probably wouldn't have put myself in so many vulnerable, difficult, damaging, dangerous situations. Um, But also, you know, if I had have known it earlier, I wouldn't be probably who I am today. I wouldn't have walked the path that I have. So even though there have been lots of things that have happened to me that I look back and I think, I wish that hadn't have happened or, um, you know, I'm so sorry that I did that. I'm so, you know, I wish that hadn't have happened to me and I I hope that that never happens to my children. Actually, they've made me a better person in the long run and they've allowed me to be a voice and to have my platform like the v word show and talk about things that can be quite uncomfortable that need to be spoken about so yeah it would be to to tell myself and to know that i am enough but i also am kind of glad that i've had those painful moments because i hope that those painful moments will allow me to become a a stronger better person become a better mother and help my children navigate their way through life hopefully not encountering as much pain as i did yeah
0: yeah that's what about you oh gosh nobody returns the question goddamn really oh i'm glad i asked i'm excited now literally this has never happened fuck um i should have thought this one through uh wait what's the thing that i wish i knew um hmm i think Yeah it's it's probably a similar one like I'm also
1: 5'10" <laughs> <laughs> Respect to the tall girls. And love it. Whenever I, I meet tall women, I'm like, hello, I'm tall too. I know, I have like hello. one tall friend and we swap shoes and we're like, "Hey!" hey. <laughs> like it's yes. our turn. See, I play basketball, so I know quite a lot of tall <laughs> women, you know, like one the, the, there's girls that are 6'2 on my team, so when we go like out on a basketball night, we'll just walk into the pub and everyone's like, whoa! And they look up us and we're and we're like, hell yeah, the tall women have arrived. We're like glamazonians and we're here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love me you know that's so so
0: great it took me so long to be comfortable with that but anyways me um, too yeah um I think yeah I also like was the tallest I had boobs first like it was like a thing and I remember Mm. it was funny when you were talking about it early in the episode people being like Slut, slag, blah, blah, blah. And I like didn't have mm. sex yet. And I was like, What are you talking? Where's this coming from? And then I turned into a very happy slut. Um, much more. Yes. Alive, so, we love so, the slutiness. Yeah. I was like, Thanks. <laughs> Proudly, yeah. the, the slut flag now. Yeah. Um, I want a badge that says yeah. slut. Thank so, Slut team. Give it to um, me. Um, <laughs> but I think at that time, I also wish I'd known that sex was healthy and that
1: yes there was
0: a healthy way to do it there there was a healthy way mm-hmm. to be whatever sexuality meant to you and meant to me like i i think mm-hmm. i think that's a thing that i that i wish i mean again it wouldn't have i wouldn't be here if i did so it's like mm-hmm. not a thing that i would change but if i had to say it to a younger version of me in a different timeline um Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it would be like, you do you, like, pay attention to what pleasure feels like, pay attention to what pleasure is, like, don't fall into the traps of scripts that you've been given that society tells you that this is how you do that. It's like, no, Mm. like, just breathe and feel your body and feel, feel what it feels like, whatever it is that you're doing, feel that um i think that's a thing because
1: that, that is really another a very dangerous narrative as well like you know i've taught sex education several times we never never talk about what the clitoris is what pleasure is that actually we teach kids basically you know the biology of sex and that you might get a few spots and what puberty is we don't teach them that sex should be a beautiful wonderful enjoyable thing but that you should be ready to partake and you know it's weaponized that sex is weaponized and that you know it can be used as a tool against somebody else or that women should be in this um it's the only thing you have so you have to be really careful
0: with it it's the only thing you have as a woman so either you give it or you keep it but you gotta decide and it tells you a lot about who you are yeah and
1: it's so it's such a dangerous narrative that you should be scared of your body or you should have to give your body up because somebody else has decided that they want it like that you have no choice or you feel obligated to pleasure someone else and that your pleasure is not important no your pleasure is fucking important your pleasure is way more important than anyone else's in that situation if you want to pleasure someone else great but it should be alongside your own pleasure you shouldn't be doing it for any other reason other than you want to and it's like I see it all the time in in younger in younger women, particularly that you know they are scared of their bodies, they're scared of expressing themselves sexually um and you know they used to be in such aims. well, you know that is not how the world should be, and no. it's also you know they separate boys and girls, and boys don't learn about periods well, hello. If it weren't for periods, you wouldn't be here. Your mum has periods, your sister has periods, your wife, your future wife is going to have periods. Like, people that you talk to have periods. Periods are a fucking real thing, like, and they're amazing and we need to have periods, but they're not disgusting. You shouldn't be disgusted by them. But, you know, boys will be like, oh, periods, now, man, that's dirty, or... I even had someone say, yeah, we were talking about, you know, is it okay to slap someone's bum? And someone went, a young man said, yeah, of course, she should be grateful that I slapped her bum. And I thought, oh my God. Yeah. I, was like, I won't say his name, but I said, uh, have you got a girlfriend? I just roasted him basically in front of the past. So, have you got a girlfriend? Got a girlfriend? He's like, no. I was like, exactly. You need to work on your game and the way you treat women. And everyone went, oh, <laughs> that's the a- part. <laughs> oh man got roasted and I was like yeah you did um, that's another thing I hate about teachers that obviously you have to be very impartial yeah. and I just struggled hearing some stupid shit and thinking oh I don't agree with you and I want to tell you what I think yeah but, um, I, mean, but I mean there's yeah. there's
0: a there's a boundary there as well you know what I mean like I wish someone told me anything at all not you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't give a fuck yeah. about the boundary. I was like, okay, I was it, like, at that time, I was just like giving me something to work with so I can at least reject yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like if it doesn't work exactly. for me, this was just nothingness. <laughs> like at least in, yeah. in my experience. So yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's that's what, uh, and that's hopefully what I'm kind of doing-ish is like telling You totally are doing it. you
1: just <laughs> fucking smack it. And again, like let's have these conversations for the people that listen to these podcasts, you know, Keep listening. Actively search for more information. Reach out if you know, if you want if you want to speak to Christine, you want to speak to me, reach yeah. out and say what's on your mind. Search for information. Be empowered to yeah. make yourself happy and be strong, and be informed. It's yeah. it's so, so important.
0: 100% thank you so much for your time this was so great <coughs>
1: Yeah, thank you for having me it's been absolutely uh lovely to be here um I love having these sort of conversation it's really nice to connect with other people who yes. have a similar mindset, and who also are doing a similar sort of thing to me. So, yeah. thank you very much. If you ever come to the
0: UK, you know, you can come on the show. Yes, when COVID ends, I will be there. I was supposed to be there three different times this year. So, I'm like fucking mad nice. about it. But anyway, um, if you listeners want to find Victoria, she's at The Vieword Show on Applewood on YouTube. She's at The Vieword Show and The Vieword Show underscore on Instagram and um, anywhere else where you can Google it, like a grown up googles
1: thing. yes exactly <laughs> that and i'm in the process of changing around my instagram so uh it should be at the v word show completely within about two weeks when instagram lets me change the name completely <laughs> so you'll be able to find me there so i hope everyone watches the videos and loves them and you know share them with a friend that's right share you know maybe like
0: <laughs> rate it review it like it all those awesome clicks that make us yeah, feel yeah, better sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. All right. Well, thanks uh, for listening to another episode of Running Wild with Christine, and I will speak to you next Friday.